turn with Isaiah real quick, chapter 55. Probably most of the time we're going to stay in this chapter this morning. And we're looking for a better day, right? We're looking for a day where Jesus is going to, going to be coming back and we're looking for the hope of his return. You know, I talked a little bit about the oil the other day and, and I brought the attention to the ten virgins in Matthew 25. You know, there's a lot of Christians going to church. They're, they're all vessels are empty. The light is going out. And when Jesus comes back, he's going to look for those little specks of light. See, I don't believe it's going to be the multitudes that's going to go to heaven because Jesus said many are called, but few are chosen. See, it's only the chosen that's going to heaven. Come on. It's only those that are saved and know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And he's going for those that have the Holy Spirit in him, them. The light of God is burning in them. The Spirit of the Lord is burning in them. But there are those that are not vessels or not full of oil. See, they're going out, Right? Listen, my message here is to encourage you to draw near to the Lord, okay? That's what my message is. If you feel you've been drifting away, refill those lamps. Refill that oil in those vessels. And make sure when you come, he comes, that, that light is burning, right? But he's going to come back and he's going to look on the earth. He's going to find, look, the little specks here, a little few specks in Louisiana, a little few specks in Texas, a little few specks in Germany, a few specks in Russia, a little few specks. You know, he's, it's not going to be the gloom. The Lord's not going to be gloomy with light because there's not going to be that multitude that a lot, a lot of people think. I wish it was true. I honestly wish when he comes back, every Christian, but just because a person calls himself a Christian, that don't make him a Christian. Just like going to McDonald's, don't make him a hamburger, right? It's where the heart is. It's where the passion is, where your desire is. Your desire for God, your desire for worship, your desire to get in His Word, your desire to fellowship with the Lord. That's where it matters, praise God. And it don't take long to talk to somebody too long and find out what their desires are, right? Listen, we, me and Janice was in Walmart and I got, I got with, a, I started talking to a black lady, I love the Lord with all our heart. We started sharing the gospel, man, right there by the cashier counter. And we're just talking about Jesus quoting scripture. They might have thought we some nuts. I, I don't care. Hallelujah. <laughs> I found somebody that loves Jesus. We went there one day, and you know, brother black brother and sister was outside, and we knew him, and they go to church in Lafayette. And me and Janice, we're hugging them, man. We, we, we're praying, we're rejoicing in, in, in a parking lot. And people passing by said, well, look at this. That doesn't make sense today. White people and black people hugging each other. <laughs> I'd rather be with them than, than them ones that were passing. <laughs> Seriously, we were having a good time. I was enjoying it. We was having church. <laughs> you know what's the matter with a lot of people? They need to become colorblind. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Heck on what, what you look like, praise God. Find a believer. Find somebody that loves Jesus with all of their heart. and Get with somebody that's going to encourage you and build your faith, right? That's true. <laughs> you know, I, 
I went to church for years, and I saw some sourpuss Christians. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. You're like me sucking on lemon juice. Hallelujah. Listen, everything you say, oh, yeah, but you don't know what it's like. <laughs> Man, God is good. Oh, yeah, but I've been going through a rough time, and I've been in the valley of <laughs> despair. <laughs> I said, okay, let's pray. Hallelujah. Hey, lift yourself up. Rise up. Get up. <laughs> Find something else to sing about. Hallelujah. <laughs> Seriously. You're not dead. Come on, you, you still got life. Listen, when I start talking about Jesus, I forget about everything else. Seriously. Especially when you meet a brother, sister in the Lord in a, in a, in a, in a, a public place and you're know, just having church. Hallelujah. Sometimes me and Jans, we're having church. With, we meet a few of them sometimes, especially Walmart. We're in the middle of the aisle by the canned goods or whatever she likes to buy. Hallelujah. And we're just having church <laughs> with somebody. <laughs> Oh, I love to talk about the Lord. Even I get me started in Walmart, praise God. We, we, we might have a revival. Y'all might see some on the TV, man. Something's going on in Walmart. The, the place is on fire, hallelujah. That <laughs> <laughs> will be on a box of beans somewhere, hallelujah. Repent, turn to the Lord, get saved. It's a good place to be. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Woo. One time, I want to tell you a testimony. Minty Janice was in the, the, the North Gate, no, no. What's that place? Uh, uh, Kitty and all. Kitty and all. And, and listen, and we, I started talking about Jesus and, and, and to somebody. And they had a bench in the middle of the, you know how you're walking? Yeah. I said, Janice, I feel like getting on that bench. She said, don't do it. I was going to, I had a whole audience, man, just passing by. Man, Jesus is coming back. Turn to the Lord. I like, find, find the Lord it's too, before it's too late. <laughs> Don't get me started, hallelujah. Listen, you find one fired up Christian in, 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 in Walmart and, and the kid in them all, listen, you could, mm, they got to throw you out of that place. <laughs> You're disturbing the peace. <laughs> all right, hallelujah. Okay, God help me, praise God. Y'all pray for me. Verse 3 says this. Listen to the word of the Lord. Okay, listen, listen, I'm, I'm, only, I'm only the messenger. I'm not the message, right? I say that often. I came to give a word from the Lord. I feel him, praise God. Seriously, I feel him. You as a believer, each one of us, everybody in this building, has a responsibility to hear the Lord, right? And, you know, it's not just going to church. It's not just reading the Bible. That's, and, you know, that's all great stuff. But it's knowing that God is speaking, right? And I've been enjoying it. I'm not just for me, okay? I'm not talking about anybody else. I've been enjoying the presence of the Lord. I've been hearing Him pretty often. And it's just when I get a quiet time and, and I hear the voice of the Lord, I can, I can sense His presence. Sometimes He doesn't have to say much. You know, He just says, Lanny, this is what I want. This is what I expect. This morning, I was telling Janice, I just felt it. Listen, we have a business, and it gets kind of hectic and stressful sometimes. And, you know, when there's no work, it's even harder because, you know, you got to pay the bills and stuff. The Lord said, I want you to talk about my, this is, today is, you're going to deal with my business. Today, you're going to deal with my business. You're going to tell these people that I want to draw nigh unto them. And they need to draw nigh unto me. And I want to speak to them. Because the voice of the Lord is real. He speaks. Believe me. 
And you know, it's so evident what we see today in the modern world. It, a lot of people are not listening to his voice. But for you, that's a believer. You need to know who, what God sounds like. Well, we know God's in heaven and we know, we know, he, you know he made everything. And No, I'm talking about him telling you something, speaking into your life. Calling you about two months ago, I'm going to say, Jan, I got my voice, my voice, my verse for the month, I call it. But it was more than that because he spoke to me in Psalms 121, verse 1. Lift your eyes unto the heavens from which your help comes from. Your help comes from the Lord. My God, listen to that. Maker of heaven and earth. Doesn't that stir you up? God is your provider. God is the one that's going to meet your need. God is not me, not government, not religion. God is our provider. God is the one that deserves worship. God is the one that's going to bring the healing. God is the one that's going to bring the deliverance. God is going to bring the joy and the peace. God is coming back. Jesus is coming back to take his church. He's going to give you glory one day. You're going to inherit what he has. My Lord, think about that. Why would you want anything else? You're going to die one day. And this is going to all end. Could be today. Where would you be if that happens? My Lord, I feel like preaching a little bit. I might be that long, but I feel like preaching. So y'all say, Lanny, hold your mule. <laughs> hold my mule. <laughs> but the point is, how close are you to the Lord? Where you can hear him speak. I want to do a song. I'm going to do it. Seriously. But this song that Yvette sang this morning, and this, and this one came to my mind. Just bear with me a minute, okay? This is always, when I was a young Christian, we had used to go to the uh, prison ministries. I, w- I went to Angola a couple of, uh, one time and ministered there. And You know, and I thought about a lot of things about, about the Lord. You know, the temple was set up in the Old Testament. And it was there to show man how to get to God. And you know, the priests and all these men, they would go and do a service unto the Lord. They would offer, go, go to the brazen altar and they would offer the sacrifice. And they would turn around and they'd go around into the Holy of Holies. And they would meet with God. <laughs> Ooh, man, I feel that. They would meet with God. When Jesus died on the cross, what, did, what happened? That veil was torn. And it's, that veil that separated man and God was torn. Now you can go to the Lord yourself, right? You didn't need a priest or a preacher. You, can, you had free access to the throne. Take me past the outer courts To that holy place Past the brazen altar Lord, I want to see your face Take me past the crowd of people The priest sings your praise I hunger and I thirst for your righteousness. 
but it's only found one place. Take me in to the holy of holies. Take me in by the blood of the My God, come on, somebody. Take me past the outer courts into that holy place, past the brazen altar. Lord, I want to see your face. Take me past the crowd of people. The priest that sings your praise. I hunger and I thirst for your righteousness, but it's only found one place. Take me in to the holy of holies. Take me. My God, I feel that praise God. Take the coals, touch my lips. Here I am. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know why the Holy Spirit is leading me this way. When's the last time you walked in God's presence? I mean, when's the last time you heard it? You know, sometimes we go through dry spells. I've been through them. I like to kind of compare it to, you know, your more west, ghost town, western towns, where you see the tumbling weed blowing through the, through the, uh, through the city. You got a bank there, but they ain't got no money. <laughs> they got a doctor's office, but no doctor. See, that's what the church world is like today in a lot of places. Christians are like that. They know there's a God, but they don't know how to touch Him. They know there's a God, but they don't know how to receive from Him. They've got comfortable with religion and not relationship, right? They're not feeling His presence. I feel the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. I'm not going to be that long this morning, probably. But if we are just satisfied with just knowing the Bible and not receiving it, right? You heard me say that already. There's a lot of people in here, most, all of you in here believe in a God, but do you believe Him? <laughs> do you believe what He says? Has your relationship re revolved around your, your union with the, the Word and your union with the Spirit and your union with the Father and the Son? 
My God, I don't know if you're getting this this morning, praise God. Are you connected this morning to the Holy Spirit? Are you connected to the Son? Well, I believe in Jesus. Do you believe Him? I believe in the Holy Ghost. Do you believe the Holy Ghost? Do you believe in the Father? Do you believe what He says? I want to show you something this morning. I'm going to read in verse. I didn't even read it yet. <laughs> I'm just getting off in the, in the Spirit here, man. Chapter 55 of Isaiah verse. Incline your ears and come to me. I like that verse. <laughs> verse 3. Incline your ears and come to me. He didn't say come to religion. He didn't say come to the preacher or the priest or the rabbi. He said come to me. Who's speaking here? God. Isaiah's prophesying, prophesying in the name of the Lord. He's speaking for the Lord. The same Isaiah that they were singing about a little while ago that saw the Lord. Come. Listen, I'm going to sound like a broken ring. Maybe there's a reason for it. Come to me. How do you come to the Lord? If you want to talk to me, you approach me, right? You say, Brother Lanny, this is what, whatever, you know, whatever the situation might be. But God is saying, incline your ears because God is speaking. God is saying something. My Lord, are you hearing me this morning? God is trying to reach you. Amen. He's saying, incline your ears to me. Come to me. Come to me. Hear, and your soul shall live. That sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? You don't need a theological explanation to explain this verse. You don't need a scholar to come up here and tell you what it means. <laughs> come on, somebody. Come to me. Incline your ears to me. Come to me and you shall live. My Lord, come on, somebody. Wake up. You remember when, when, when Jesus was facing the cross and he told his disciples he was going praying. And what was the disciples do, doing when he came back? They were sleeping. They were sleeping. How many Christians? Jesus is fixing to come back. I want to shock you. He's fixing to enter to enter, pick up his church. He's coming back. As soon. How many of us are sleeping? How many of us are not even looking for him to return? But the Bible says, look up, for your redemption draw nigh. Set your affections on the things in heaven and not on the earth. Look up. Climb your ears to me. Come to me. I want to speak to you. <laughs> My Lord, I hope you're listening this morning. If you get anything, remember, God wants to speak to you. Listen, it's hard sometimes. You get on your knees and you got all kind of problems and trouble. You're thinking about all kind of... Put that stuff aside, praise God. When you're with the Lord, just set it aside. And let God speak to you. My Lord, listen. Fear will hinder His voice. Unbelief will hinder His voice. Anxiety hinders His voice. We all have those things, you know. But you know what? There's time we need to let God speak to us. 
When he speaks, a lot of that goes away. Come on, but the power of the Holy Spirit comes in, and he, he comforts you, and he strengthens you. He said, that's what Jesus, I'm going to send the comforter, the Holy Ghost, and he'll come and he'll, he'll minister to you. Put it aside. Put those things. Listen, it's time we need to get serious, especially now. More than ever, we need to get close to the Lord. We need to be able to hear his voice. We need to be able to receive of the Lord. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. And I'm going to show you something about why, why David. You got to remember, David was a man after God's own heart. But David did some bad things. Come on. David was a godly king. Loved the Lord. That's why we get most, all of our, most of our Psalms. You know. But David one day should have been, he was, he was on the roof of his house. And he was watching a woman take a bath, right? He should have been on the field with his men because that's when the kings went out to war. But David got lazy. He said, I'm going to stay home this time. I'm going to lay back. And he looked across the aisle, across the whatever, and he saw Bathsheba. I'm on somebody. Come on, our Bathsheba might not be a physical woman, but it could be something that's drawing us away from God. Because Satan's not going to make you idle and not give you a way to get away from God because David was idle. He was sitting there doing, he, was, well, he wasn't supposed to be there. He should have been on the battlefield with his men, but he wasn't. Then he looked at Bathsheba taking a bath. And David got a little lust and he saw a lot of lust. Went over there and he brought that woman to his house. He slept with her. Got her pregnant. But this was the, one, the wife of Uriah, one of his most faithful soldiers. He called, he, called Dave, he called Uriah off the field and brought him in his house, tried to get him drunk and go sleep with your wife. Trying to cover his sin, you see. So Uriah wouldn't do it. Uriah stayed at David's front door. He says, there's no way I could go and meet my wife and when, when there's a battle going on, y'all. And he would not go. To make the long story short, David said, I got to get rid of this cat. So he sent him with a letter to Joab, the general, and said, put Uriah on the front line so where he could, somebody could kill him. So he, Uriah, faithful soldier, went, bring the letter, and he put Uriah, and, and Uriah got murdered by his enemy. And all of a sudden, David calls Bathsheba, and he takes her as his wife. And for a whole year, he thought he got away with it. <laughs> mm, you think you're getting away with sin, but you're not. Come on, somebody. You think God don't see, but he does. <laughs> and then, then he convicted to have a baby. She, she had gotten pregnant. And there comes the prophet Nathan. Mm. Tells him a story about a certain man that owned one little ewe lamb. And the rich man had a lot of ewe lambs. And he went take that one from that one that would would lie in the man's bosom. And he took it and he killed it. 
And David got mad. Bring me that man over here. He ain't going to live. Nathan had to stand up and say, you're that man. You're the one that took that man's wife and murdered him. What did David do? David went over there and beat him and threw him in jail. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> you know what David done? If you ever read Psalms 51, created me a clean heart, O oh Lord. He cried out to God for mercy, y'all. He laid on his face before the Lord. David should have been put to death according to the law, right? But God showed him mercy. Creating me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit with me. Take not your Holy Spirit from me, O Lord. And God forgave him, but he paid a hard death. Because probably none of his children made it to heaven. But he had a repentive heart. Where did he go? He went to the Lord. Where we need to go when we fall? We need to go to the Lord. Where do we go when we need, we need redemption? We go to the Lord. Where do we go when we need healing and, and restitution? We go to the Lord. He is the healer. He is the one that can forgive our sins. He is the one that can restore us. Praise God. David was a man, but David sinned. I need the mercy you gave David. Come on, somebody. We need the mercy he gave David. Well, I ain't as bad as that. I never had somebody killed. You were going to hell. Your sins were taking you from God, separating you from the God. If you read that verse in chapter uh, 54, uh, uh, the next verse over, he says, All hands, let me read it just to show you. His hands are not shortened that he cannot save. Let me read it because I'm, I'm going I'm to mess it up. <laughs> Let me see. I lost it. I'm sorry. But it made it very clear. When, when the Bible says that God's hands are not shortened and cannot save. But your sins have separated you from your God. Your iniquities have separated you from your God. You see, the reason why we can't hear him sometimes, maybe we're full of pride. Maybe we're full of lust. Maybe we're full of jealousy, anger, unforgiveness. A lot of things that could stop that, right? And God's voice gets silent. See, that's why we have to stand before him with a perfect heart, right? A renewed heart, as David did, creating me a clean heart. Restore a right spirit within me. Admit you're a, a, you failed God, you sinned against the Lord. And accept his great grace and mercy. Because it says here, and I'm going to go back to where I was in chapter 55, verse 6. Seek the Lord while he is found or shall be found. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Right? The Lord is present to forgive you. The Lord is present to restore you. The Lord wants you to fellowship with him. Now, I don't, I'm, I don't know what your situation might be. Or people listening on the internet, I don't know what their situation might be. But you know what? You know. When's the last time God spoke to you? Come on. When's the last time God gave you a word that was just for you? 
right? Yeah. Me, when I get something from the Lord, I go share it with Janice. She's the one right next to me. I mean, I, I want to share it with somebody. And sometimes I come share it over here because it's done so much in my life. Like Psalms 121, it's done a lot for me. Praise God. That one verse has stuck out so much in my life. I started seeing things. That God is my only answer. Who can forgive my sins alone? But the Lord. Who can heal my body? But the Lord. Who can provide me my provisions? The Lord. Who can restore my soul? The Lord. Well, if you go to church and you do certain religious activities, that'll help. That's not what he wants. (laughs) Come on, somebody. If you do, you sing a, a certain song or clap a certain way or bow your hair a certain way. No, that's not what he wants. <laughs> People are so caught up in tradition, they forget that there's a God to listen to. They depend on what they do to establish their walk with God. It ain't going to happen. The only thing you can do to please the Lord is accept him and serve him with your life. And put your faith. And what he said. You do that, I can assure you 100%. God will speak to you. Right? Release the pride. Release the bitterness. Release the hate. Release all of those things that are separating you from God. You want to hear his voice? Come on, somebody. Y'all look like y'all, 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 y'all hurting or something. <laughs> you want to hear his voice? He says, seek him while he can be found. Where is the Lord now? He's waiting for you. He is, he is, he's here. He's waiting. You can find him today. He'll heal you today. He'll meet your need today. He'll listen to you today. But that's going to come a time when you're going to resist him. Or you might not hear him. Right? You might, he might not respond. Because you have brushed him off long enough. See, we only call on God when we get in trouble, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like it, Brother Mike used to say that. He's right. Lenny, when you pray, say, help. <laughs> get help. <laughs> Somebody say, help. <laughs> well, if I have a religious prayer and I got these fancy words and all that stuff, God will hear me. No, no. <laughs> help. I need you, Lord. I'm in trouble, Lord. I can't make it without you, Lord. Give me your grace. Give me your mercy. Give me your hope. Give me the joy that passes all understanding. I need you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. I need the mercies of David. The mercy you showed David. Come on, I need the mercy you showed the apostles. I need the mercy you showed all the saints when you forgave them and restored them. The worst sin on this earth could come to the Lord if he'd only reach his hands out and say, I am a sinner. I need your mercy, God. My Lord, I know that does something to you, praise God. I need your mercy. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. In that same verse. The sure mercies of David. You know who, and and listen, this is a prophetic word too, because the mercies of David come through Jesus, his son. Jesus was the son of David, right? He was of the seed of David. He's the promised Messiah that was to come. Come on, somebody. I need the mercy of Jesus. Somebody say, I need the mercy of Jesus. 
I need his mercy every day. I need his hope every day. My Lord, I feel that, praise God. I need his joy every day. I can't let the world steal the joy of the Lord out of my life. I can't let the situations in this life steal my hope, praise God. Because, you know, the devil's going to bring every situation against you to rob you of every hope you ever had in your life of Christ. He's going to steal everything he can out of you. He's going to drain everything he can out of you. Don't let him, praise God. Say, I depend on the mercy of the Lord. I descend on the mercy of Christ. I'm going to make it because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, Holy Ghost. We need the mercy of the Lord, praise God. We need the mercy of the Lord. We need the mercy of the Lord. Somebody say, I need the mercy of God. I need the mercy of Jesus. That's where it lies. That's where it lies at his mercy. At his grace. My Lord, I feel that. Praise God. If you don't listen to anything I say today, listen to this. Beg his mercy. Not just say, oh Lord, would you please beg it. Seek it. Press through till you get it. Praise God, because believe me, he wants to give it to you. I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. But he wants to give it to you. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Oh, my God. Seek the Lord in verse 6 while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Don't wait till he gets far off. <laughs> Don't wait till the Lord gets far further and further away. Now, seek him while he's near. Seek him today. Something we're going to do today. And I'm going to ask you. If you know you're far from the Lord, we're going to open these altars this morning. Okay? I don't know what's going on in your life, seriously. I'm not, I know in, in, in each one of us there's a desire. There's something empty in our hearts. We know we're far from God. And by opening our, our hearts to Him, we could come back today. And believe me, He'll take you right back. <laughs> That's the mercy of God, right? He'll, he'll, he'll bring you in. I'm going to read this verse, okay? Let the wicked forsake his ways. <laughs> and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. Somebody said, I need to return to the Lord. I'm not saying you, 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 you're a murderer like David. I'm not saying you're an adulteress or fornicator. But inside, something is wrong. There's a coldness there. There's a desire. The desire for God has went away. Right? The love and passion for seeking the Lord is not there anymore. Right? But come while he is near. Listen, I'm only the preacher here, okay? I don't, I'm not the one that fixes things. The Holy Spirit does that. As the minister here, I, I've opened the altars for you this morning that you can settle with God, right? You don't have to tell me anything. I don't have to know what's going on. But you know, right? You know. You know what's needed in your life, Right? You know the victories that are needed in you. You know what you need God to do in your life. The worst feeling I ever get in my, my spiritual life, my walk with God, is when I don't feel Him. Seriously, I, I can't. I don't want to fathom that anymore. It happened too often in my Christian walk where God seemed a million miles away. Where God seemed like He was on another planet somewhere. But none no more. I made my mind up, me. Talk about myself. And I'm hoping you to, okay? That I'm going to do my very best to draw near to the Lord. And to know my answer comes from the hand of God, 
right? My answer comes from the Holy Spirit. My answer comes from His Son, Jesus. That door is open this morning. Let me read this, okay? Let him return to the Lord, verse 7, and he will have mercy on him. I like that. Praise God. He will what? Have mercy. For he will have abundant pardon. And that means that he's going to pardon you for all your sins. He's willing. That's God's character. You remember that if you was here a while back, I was talking about the very character. It's God's character to bless his children. It's in the heart of God to forgive you. It's in the heart of the Lord to fellowship with you. He wants you to come. He want, listen, this, this is not about me this morning. Come on, somebody. It's not about this church. It's about you and the Lord, right? It's where you meet with God and settle things. And that's what he wants. He wants to pardon you. Listen, there's a lot of Christians that go to church that are dry like prunes. you know why? It's because they just got comfortable. They got settled. You know, they just want to go to church and sing the songs and do all that stuff. And that's all good stuff. Please don't. You need to come to church. But there's no peace. Come on, somebody. This morning I got up and I felt there was something special today. I did. I felt that what God was going to do, His presence was going to be here this morning. And He was going to do something, okay? I feel it already. How many want to go to heaven when He comes back? Seek the Lord. How many want to see Jesus? (laughs) Set your affection on those things above. How many want to spend eternity with Christ? (laughs) And see eternal, eternal. You know, I told, I told Boog the other day, he was talking. I said, you know, on this earth, and I was sharing that with a few people, you never own anything, right? Everything we gain on this earth, it's just, we're just stewards over it. Because you're going to die and it's going to go to somebody else. And they're going to die and go to somebody else. But you never own anything. The Lord owns everything. <laughs> Your house is his house. Your money is his money. Come on, somebody. Your car is his car. Everything you have is the Lord's. But there is one thing you can own. Oh, yeah. It's called eternal life. (laughs) That's something no one can take from you. That's something you're going to have for eternity. To be with Jesus. That's what lasts. That's what's going to be eternal. That one day we're going to be with the Lord. 